you are in control of most things in your life. There are some things, yes, that are out of control, but majority of the time you're in control. You can change your environment. You can change the people you interact with, you know, because the world is constantly moving. The world is constantly going. Everyone's go, 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 like you say. And so it's almost like a moment where you're, you see all this chaos of stuff running around you and you just stop, plant your feet, which is hard to do because if you can imagine all that chaos and things moving around you, it's almost like a tornado of wind and noise and everything. And you stop and you have to learn to like bear yourself down into the ground. And it's almost like gaining that confidence and that strength in yourself where like, I got this, like I can stand here. I can do this. I can break away from the wind and the noise and create what I want in my life. It's just you have to have the courage to do it. Hi, I'm Veronica Jane, and welcome to This Isn't Me podcast. Ever found yourself in a moment where you look at your life and realize, this isn't me? Maybe it was you in the past and it's not you anymore sharing powerful stories of breakthroughs and transformation. Practical and playful, scientific and spiritual, right and wrong left at the door. It's a many sizes fit all situation, full of imperfection and messiness. Sharing, asking questions with authentic, vulnerable conversations. This isn't me. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Isn't Me podcast. Today, I have Savannah on the podcast. Hi, Savannah. Hello. How are you? Great. How are you? Tell us all about yourself and who you are so people listening can get to know you a little bit. Okay. Uh, My name is Savannah. Uh, I'm a wife and a business owner. I'm a certified health and wellness coach and personal trainer. Um. I'm 35 years old. <laughs> Solid age. And yeah. <laughs> and I've been married to my husband for about like six years now, but I've I've known him since I was like 16. So Yeah, wow. About long very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm originally from California and moved all the way to Tennessee. So we connected, you found me online and you were talking to me about a summit that you were doing called the Achievable Goals Summit, which has been fun to be a part of. So I'm curious about what you do and I'm curious about you and how you got into what you do. And I think that's what people would be tuning in for. So tell us like, what is your perspective of the world? How do you help people? What's the journey you've been on as a woman to discover yourself more and more? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a certified health and wellness coach, which is kind of like a new emerging kind of profession. Basically, we're experts in human behavior and behavioral modification. So we work with habits. And I've kind of always been someone who's very, I guess, in tune with people. Someone sometimes call it what, empath or whatever, where I could tell when people are feeling a certain way, certain emotions, or I could tell when people are lying or mm. half lying. And it's very interesting. I've been always been that person where I'm like, mm, that person's not a good person. I've never met them. I don't know anything about them. I just get the vibe and yeah. I stay away. And usually I'm right in the end. Um, even though I don't always like being right in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you're more attuned to like the human behavior elements, maybe even unconsciously, like you just sort of notice the micro expressions or the tonality shifts or things like that that are occurring. And then there's an awareness, something's not right here, but you don't, are you aware of why, like what in their habits they're doing? 
Yes. So that part of me has always been like a natural part. So when I got into health coaching, I'm, I kind of fell into health coaching, honestly, because I also used to be a massage therapist. But before that, I was going to school for uh, law enforcement, actually. Uh, oh. Crime scene technician is what I was trying to do. And uh, health coaching gave me the tools to be able to read into a little bit more. Back then, I would just get the vibes off people and I wouldn't know why something was wrong or why I would feel like they were lying or that wasn't always true or something like that. And then with health coaching, it teaches you to listen what's to what's not being said. Mm. So I can listen to someone's conversation and hear behind their words what's going on with them. And then I'm kind of like a mirror where I will repeat back what I'm hearing, but in a different phrase. And usually people will come to the realization like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Or they come to the realization their own. Okay. So you're a badass. How did you become such a badass? Like what got you on this journey? What get, got you helping people with this? What got you identifying this? Have you always been great with habits? Like how did you get into this type of work? How did you discover and use this for yourself? Mm, I've, kind of, I've always been kind of like a, I guess a go-getter. Uh, growing up, so I grew up in a household that was like mine, yours, and ours, very mixed. Uh, my there's seven kids all together, yeah. but they're from different. Some of us are from different marriages. My parents are still together, um, and they had me and my little sister were the last ones. And so I saw a lot of different dynamics in that family. You know, my mom. I think she had she had five kids total from four, four different men, and then my dad had two children from one other marriage. Beside, and then me and my little sister. And um, so I, I could see a lot of different dynamics growing up, a lot of different personalities in the family. And I don't know, I feel like I've always been very, I guess, in tuned to my mental health and like watching people. Because my mom was always very, uh, she liked to compare a lot of us, like the sisters, you know, who's the prettiest, who's the most talented, who's the smartest. And you know, nothing against my mom. It's just the way that I guess moms work sometimes, you know, it's whatever. And I never really let it get to me. Um, she used to call me the the bigger uh, sibling out of, yeah, out of the sisters. And uh, she wasn't lying. I mean, I was curvier than the rest of them. I was shorter. Um, but all of, I weighed like, what, 110 pounds going through high school. And all of them weighed like under nine, like in 90. Oh, under right. 100. Yeah. So she wasn't lying. Yeah, I was bigger. And, you know, I had uh, my boobs were a size C cup and they were all like A's and B's. So, yeah, I was curvier. I was different. Um, But, you know, most people, they say they could give you a complex, but I just didn't let it, you know, get to me. I always saw things differently. Like there was a period of time where I got really depressed after uh, some boyfriend had cheated on me. I lost a bunch of weight. I went from 110 to like 98 pounds. And you could see my rib cage. And Mm. I was like, Ooh, okay. I was like, I need to get back to my 110 weight. And I distinctly remember my mom saying to me, why? So you can get your gut back. Oh, and my How old would you have been? I, I was um, 16, 15, how? 16, wow. around there. No, it's different time, but it's just like, how would they have thought that was helpful? Was your mom a thicker woman? She's just actually overweight. Yeah. So, time. okay. So it was her own insecurity stuff like it usually is. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she said that to me. And my little sister in the back, she was like, that's mean. Like, she did speak up for me. And for whatever reason, I just had the mentality to look at it. Yeah, like, my mom is overweight. She used to weigh super small. She used to say, she's like, I never weighed 110 pounds, even after I had five kids. So I was like, that's her mentality. And for me, I was able to look at myself and think, like, 
well, when I was 98 pounds, you could see my rib cage, and that's unhealthy. So obviously, I don't need to be that weight. I need to get back to what I was, mm. you know, that was a healthier thing for me. And I liked the way that I looked, you know. And um, so growing up, I never let that bug me, you know. And then I've always wanted to be strong and independent in a sense, because my parents, I mean, they didn't have, it's hard to say, but they didn't have like the best relationship, mm. I guess, you know, like there was a lot of name calling, arguing, fighting. And like, you know, I grew up saying like, oh, I never wanted to marry someone like my father. Um, you know, so I kind of had this hard outer shell. And then in high school, I went through some things that caused me to have a very bad temper, just like everybody else in my family. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it, it was a struggle, you know. And so I was always going to be this like independent woman that was going to handle her stuff, you know. So then I went to school for law enforcement and I ended up moving into a home. I bought a home with my husband now. He was my boyfriend back then. We were together for three years. So we made that jump to buying a home together. And uh, when I was doing that, I was like, you know, I need to figure out something else money wise um, that I can make more money and be able to go to school and finish my degree in law enforcement. And everyone always told me I was really good at giving massages. So I was like, what the heck? I'll look into massage school. Who cares? So I, like I said, been a go-getter always. So I immediately studied. I found a school that I could get all the degrees that I needed and get my time in within six months. I literally figured out payment plans. I talked to the work that I was working with. I was able to take off the time that I needed for it. Got that done in six months. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. I don't want to work for another one. And I think it was like three months later after I graduated, I literally found a place, already had my business, got my business license, started working, figured out how to advertise. And that did really well. Wow. And yeah. So, and then I realized being a massage therapist was better for me emotionally. Um, I wasn't lashing out in anger as much. I was a lot calmer. Hmm. And um, me and my husband had to talk about how I stifle my emotions of sadness a lot and instead of reacting out sad I would react out angry mm -hmm. so like I would get a call from my mom saying like uh, my uncle was in the hospital one time and I was like okay and I got a phone with her my husband who was my actually he was a co-worker back then when that happened he uh came up to me he's like are you okay and I was like oh my uncle's in the hospital and he was like oh my gosh are you okay I'm sorry and he like put his arm around me and I pushed him off me I don't like people touching me when I'm like that and I, I said, I'm fine. What's wrong with you? And I just like walked away. Mm. And that's how I would kind of react out. And so he, we had a discussion saying that we felt that law enforcement would be a more hindrance for that because there's not I a lot of space things. for emotional expression in that sort of field. And it's amazing if you can teach people to be able to be that way and perform that job. We need people who are doing jobs like that, who can be hard and hold that and hopefully have the skills that when they're at home, they can let that go and learn to express their emotions and yeah so that's a that's a beautiful yeah. gift you gave yourself to be really honest about is this going to be beneficial for me and the woman I want to be in the life I want to have or is this going to cause me well, to I've be always, I've always been like that where I can like I said there was stuff that I went through in my high school um that caused me I guess to more hone that and shut that down but the problem was is instead of releasing it in a healthy way I would just release it in anger I go from zero to 100 real yeah. quick and I pop off for all different kinds of things and uh yeah so we had that conversation and I was like you know what okay we're gonna do the massage business so I started doing that uh whole like the entire thing 
and people would talk to me about things when you're massaging, <laughs> you know, like I, I have one lady who came in one time and she was like, I'm super big. So I don't flip over. I stay one way the whole way. And she had a, like this little device to give her insulin, mm. you know, like when she's laying there and she was like, I don't want to hear anything. I don't like water. I like food. Like basically she's saying like, I guess some people have told her how to help herself and she didn't want to yeah, hear it. Right. I was like, okay, fine. So she ended up being a client of mine and over time she trusted me and she started asking mm. me questions like, well, how do you do this? Or what would you recommend? And so I would tell her and slowly she got into her health profession or she started working out more. She lost a bunch of weight, wow. changed her whole life. And she ended up telling me like, it was because of you not being judgmental, listening wow. to me and figuring out what I was comfortable with. And that got me on this journey. And I was like, oh, wow. And in massage therapy, I love it because I do help people with pain. I, I have helped people overcome pain, but it was always temporary because no one would ever listen to the advice I gave them about how to fix it. So that's when I was like, I'm tired of helping people temporarily. I want to help people permanently. And then that's when I found health coaching. Mm. And I figured out the tools to make it a permanent lifestyle for people to help them get out of pain or, you know, drop the weight that they want, or just like I said, just take control of their lives. Finally, finally feel like they're in control and not subjected to all this chaos that they think that they can't change. So. Wow. That's yeah. a real gift that it. you're able to give people. And it's subtle, so, isn't it? Oh, like sometimes I think with my work, like I wonder if people see what we're doing because like, they, it might it doesn't look as explicit or as overt or as obvious, but sometimes it's repeating someone's thinking back to them or an observation from a new perspective where suddenly they're like, oh, and there's this like penny drop and then behaviors begin to shift. Like it's can be quite subtle, can't it? The things that you do and the way that you ask people to see themselves. Oh, definitely, definitely. The way that we always explain it is like the difference, the health coach difference is basically knowing what to do and actually doing it. And the way we say it is like, they're always in the driver's seat and I'm always in the passenger seat, kind of helping them along the way, mm. along the route, bumps and, you know, navigating any kind of issues that may be coming their way. And um, yeah, because a lot of people, you know, they get on these health journeys or they need to be helpful, whether it's they know they stress too much and they need to learn how to management or they need to lose weight, be more physically active, say they're emotional eaters. That happens too. But it's your habits that ruin everything. Like some people think, oh, I'm so weak. I have no self-control. Like I suck. Like I have no accountability. Like I'm just lazy or, you know, they just or they'll use excuses like I don't have time or I'm too busy or, you know, there's all these other things that are going on in my life when it's really not that it's your habits. It's kind of like the subconscious part of our mind mm -hmm. where we just automatically do these things but people don't know how to change them. Yes. And that's okay. kind of where I come in. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because I feel like I've done so much. We get to talk about how our kind of stuff might fit together even because I work with the unconscious mind a lot too. So I work with emotions and unexpressed emotions. I work with the like unconscious beliefs about ourselves and about the world and how people uncover like what they're not feeling, what they've been telling themselves about their emotions and then the beliefs that they've acquired. And yet often then from there, 
it's beautiful to be able to tune into your emotions and to be able to express yourself and to realize you've been perceiving the world. And then I think with a lot of people, they go, oh, great. And they've uncovered this. And then they're not sure what to do in regards to action, right? So a lot of what I do as a coach then too is giving people tasks to be a different way, to start countering their behaviors that they used to have. Now that they've seen the beliefs they used to hold, now it's like, okay, now you get to go be a different way. But I work with people in, in a few different stages. And initially it's about just that uncovering and being like, oh shit, like I get to break through this illusion I've created for myself. What I'm so curious about, because even for myself, I ignored my emotions for years, ignored the unconscious beliefs that I held and ignored my insecurities. And now I'm at the point where I feel like able to regulate. I feel so safe in myself. I have a healthy relationship. Like I uncovered a lot about what I was um, creating unconsciously in relationship. And now I'm at the point where I'm dealing with a lot of like money beliefs and money habits and um, business habits. And how do I grow something like that? So I'm so curious because some people use that framework of like masculine and feminine energy as well too, right? Of like, it's that action of doing and not doing. So I think a lot of people in the Western world do, 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 and they forget to rest. They forget to relax. But then there's another element of people being like, so like, I just want a free life and I want to be relaxed and I want to, you know, like everyone should just have freedom and it should just be easy. And it's like, well, we've created this incredible world we live in, not just from easy breezy laying on the beach. We need people building systems and creating action and taking, you know, forward movement to create these things that are so intricate in the world. So I'm so curious about how you help people see what they've created for themselves unconsciously and how the habits come into play. Like, cause I imagine you work with mindset a lot with habits, right? Definitely. Mindset definitely comes in a lot. I mean, I know for myself personally, I had to change a lot of my mindset, you know, and health coaching helped me basically finish that off but yeah that journey was a lot of you know changing that but yes with health coaching like I I when I focus with someone decide to work with someone because we predominantly work with uh health and wellness um habits so what I usually and will do would those is, skills though map across to every area of life like if they have good health and wellness habits can they use the same skills to change habits in other areas of their life yeah, they, they pretty much can. With the there are certain things that we don't go into with health coaching. Like if I can tell some like like example, my friend <laughs> with you. Yeah. Uh, one, I I normally don't work with people that's too close to me. But uh, if I see someone needs more of a, an emotional help or something like mm. that, I could recommend a therapist or an LP coach or something like that. Um, that's why health coaches actually usually will keep a very big network. They, they work yeah, with others, right. they'll work with therapists, they'll work with NLP coaches, they'll work with doctors and nurses because there are certain areas that we can't touch. So like if we know someone has like a substance abuse problem, mm. we don't go there. We will refer them to someone who can help them further. Yeah, got it. Uh, cause our thing is, it's like when I look at someone, my job isn't like, I don't really care about your, your past. Like I don't look into their past necessarily. Right. I look at you what do you want your life to look like now? Like, mm. how do you envision? What do you want for your life? And then I'll step further. Like, what does that look like in five years? How do you look? How does your house look? What is your, when you wake up, what is your routine? What do you see? And then I then start, we'll go in further and say, okay, well, what are the little things that you need to get there? Like, 
Do you feel like you need a workout routine? Do you feel like you need maybe a mindfulness routine, like some yoga or meditation to like set your mindset for the day and get going? And then we go into further, like, how can we fit that in there? I'll literally go through, tell me your whole day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. What are you doing? Give me the time frames. Set me through your routine. And then I'll start seeing little holes in their routine, like, what can we fit there? Can you, do you think you can change this habit into maybe something that you've dreamed of, that you've wanted in your life instead? And then we kind of work together to help implement it. And I'm with them the entire time. Like, I check in with them all the time. If something doesn't work, go right back to the drawing board again, and we figure out, okay, if you didn't like that, that's fine, because we change all the time. You know, circumstances change all the time. So say someone says like, okay, I want to get a more physical routine or a workout routine, not just to lose weight, but because they know it makes them feel better, gives them endorphins, they'll sleep better, things like that. Yeah. Exercise for me is so much a mental health game. I'm like, when you're, if you're looking at it just aesthetically and visually, that's not motivating for everyone. For me, it had to get to like, oh, this actually makes my mind feel great. This makes the joy come out of me. Like that's why I do fitness. Oh, definitely. I leave the gym and I'm like skipping yeah. in my car. Have <laughs> Suddenly I love so, everybody and I have no problems and like endorphins are the best. Yeah, exactly. So like say someone wants to do that for that reason. Be like, okay, how do you want to go about it? And then they tell me, well, I want to, I'll go to the gym. And I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out the stream routine. What days do you want to go? What time is it more feasible for you to go? Maybe a week or two passes and they're like, hey, I really don't like the gym. Okay. Well, what else have you seen that you like? I've had people tell me like, yoga yoga sounds kind of cool and relaxing like should I take a class or should I do it at home and then I would help do research with them on maybe apps that they want to try at home or if classes if they want to try it I had one girl who ended up coming down to she liked doing a VR game Mm. as her workout instead and I'm like that's perfectly fine you know you're getting your movement in you're getting that exercise you know you're getting your heart rate up it's perfectly fine so we that's what I'm always there for. It's so you just don't give up. You have someone who's going to listen, who's going to help you work through Ooh. what you like and what you don't like. And then maybe you ha- hit a problem. You know, I had someone who was worried about having surgery and not eating right. So we came up with a plan and she just started crying on our next session because mm. she felt empowered. She didn't feel hopeless that all of her work was going to go out the door and I was like, it's fine. You cool. You're no problem crying. And that that's what I'm there for. I'm very big into helping women gain their confidence and their strength and their ability in themselves back. And that's kind of what health coaching is. We want you to have the confidence in the ability in yourself to accomplish the things that you want and the things that you see in your life. Wow. That's so cool. So I want to know more about like, how do you create that with people? Like, it's so interesting because I was talking to my closest friend this morning about this, about how part of what we do, she's a yoga teacher and breathwork facilitator. And I do yoga and meditation and a lot of empowerment and mindset work. And I'm like, sometimes I just recognize how much we're all just reparenting ourselves and each other. Like a lot of our job is just being like this solid parental figure for someone while they go and learn a skill they never had or they feel safe with you and they feel like they can trust you and they feel like you have some position of authority or certainty that I think a lot of people just maybe our parents didn't teach us 
this thing. And then we find someone like you that like, is like, okay, here's how to do grown uping. Like here's how to schedule things. And like, here's how to research things. Like, it sounds almost too simple. Like, do you think it's just that people don't have the accountability or they just, they're scared and they need a companion in that? Do you think like, what's the main piece that people come to you for? Or is it just like they get cloudy and they're thinking there's too many choices. They need someone to narrow it down. Like what's the main value that you add that you think people aren't able to create for themselves well honestly the thing that i find the most there's two two things technically that a lot of people come to health coaches for um so one of those is going to a stranger <laughs> telling a stranger what's going on in your life is easier than telling people that you know in your yeah, life why is that? one <laughs> you don't have to worry about the judgment I'm not going to judge you yeah. So like when I get people to come to me, I don't know you. I don't know your background. Yeah, <laughs> you know? There's no like, attachment, right? It's, yeah, it's not intimidating. You know, like uh, so I'll give an example when I was doing health coaching, uh, when I first started in the courses and my mom, she was talking to me and she was saying she thought she had a cancer scare, right? Mm. So I could never work with my mom. She's my mom. I'm close to her. And she was like, oh, we don't know yet. Tess. And I was like, well, mom, I go, if you're, one, if you're really scared of cancer, I go cut out the sugar. Like that you eat, and she was like, "What are you talking about? I don't eat that much sugar." And I was like, "Uh, you do your peanut butter banana sandwich where you take white bread, you smear peanut butter, you cut bananas up on it, and then you literally will pour white sugar on the sandwich and you eat it like that." And I go, "Or you take white rice and pour white sugar on the white rice and eat it, which white rice is sugar." Yeah, yeah, anyways, yeah. You know, <laughs> and she's all. Oh, and I was like, see, I, I couldn't do that. It'd be intimidating because I was able to call her out as a liar, you know, mm-hmm. instead. But when you work with someone you don't know, you tend to tell them more because there's no judgment there. You know, they don't know you. They're just getting to know you and just exploring things with you. So working with a stranger who doesn't know you, it gives you that relaxed kind of environment. But then sometimes you do need a sounding board. You need someone to listen and just hear what you're saying. So like in health coaching, I don't talk that much. I listen more. I talk very few times and it's usually just to understand something. And like I said, kind of be that sounding board where I'll repeat something back and then wow. people will realize what's going on. So do you think it's just people needing to do more external processing? Sometimes, I mean, when you talk, do you, do you really listen to yourself when you talk? Yeah, that's why I do it. <laughs> Oh, you do. Yeah, because I'm like, like, it gets crowded in there. So then I do it out loud and then I hear it. And then I'm like, oh, that's a flawed way of thinking. Okay. But it's like, I know how to catch myself. If it stays in here, it's harder. That's why often I recommend or utilize journaling or talking it loud or talking to a friend, right? Like often you go for a walk with a close friend and you feel like you found the answer to your own problems just because you've externalized it. So I wonder if it's just the value of even thinking out loud and then having, like you said, have someone ask a poignant question to you at just the right time or reflect something back. Well, that's the thing is like uh, you and me, we're trained to do these things. We're trained to listen. Normal people aren't. So they don't hear these things when they're talking. So sometimes having a trained ear who knows exactly what to listen for and then how to word it back to them can make all the difference in the world to like open their eyes to something. Mm. And then usually the second thing when it comes to health coaching is we don't tell you what to do like everybody else does. So like we go to a personal trainer. We go to the doctor. I mean, do we ever listen to them? Not really. You still go out and eat the stuff that you want to do. You know, you 
you may tell your trainer, yeah, I did that workout, but did you really do it? You know, like you, and it's usually because it's not something that you wanted or envisioned for your life. And that's kind of where we come in. We don't tell you what to do. We ask you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And how do you want to go about it? And then it's our job to sit there and listen and figure out how to change those bad habits into the habits that you want for your life. So it's a lot different in health coaching in the sense of, like I said, you have a stranger, you have that safe environment, you have someone who's trained to listen to the things that aren't being said and how to word it back to you. And then you have the person who's not going to tell you what to do. You know, we will listen to what you have to say. So there have been times where I've been talking to a client and maybe they're not doing what they said they were going to do. But then I'm like, yeah, but you, your word for word, because I take notes. Yeah, yeah. I will quote them. And then it's kind of like I use their words kind of against them mm. in a way, but not in a bad way. I do that with but clients too, but I'm like, it. just clarifying, because last session you said you want this. And now you're doing this. Like, what's, how is that going to get you that? Like, break it down for me. So what do you do though? And then, so, go ahead. Oh, I was saying sometimes in that moment, then they'll realize maybe they really don't want that. Yes. Something else that they want. Yeah. Or like, oh fuck, I do want that. And I'm just, I don't, I'm scared. I don't know how to get that. Or I, you know, I was, I was scared. So I was trying to run away or, you know, like shit, thanks for calling me out. I wonder too, though, I'm amazed at that. So my entry level program is, I call it awakening you. So like just awakening to what you actually fucking want, learning to feel, to reassociate, to learn to regulate and coming back to the unexpressed emotions and then starting to recognize changing your beliefs. And then from there, it's like recreating you. Because I notice a lot of women don't even know what they want. Do you find that? Like, do you have clients come to you already when they know what they want? Or are you helping people discover what they want as well? Like helping them admit what they want? Majority of my clients, they they know what they want, but there are other issues that are in their way that they're not handling. Yeah, that's what and I wonder. Like, is it like, or is it they think they want this thing and then you start working with them and they're like, oh, that was actually what someone else told me I should want. Or now that I've done it, I realized I don't want it. Or is there big, like, how do you support the bigger issues of the stuff that makes them block what they don't want or stop them from getting what they want? That's probably a few questions altogether. Well, usually what I do is like, so within, uh, like an example, I'll use an example, like with um, stress management. So there's big stressors and then there's mini stressors, right, in your life. And most people think, oh, I got to deal with these big stressors in my life because they're causing these issues in my life. When in reality, it's not the big stressors. It's the mini stressors that are ruining everything for you. Because many stressors are things we come into contact with every single day. It's constant. It's, I woke up late and I'm running around all over the place, you know, and then there's the traffic because I woke up late and then I'm trying to get there. And that is causing the stress, the tiredness, the exhaustion where. Okay. So what's an example of a mini stressor then is getting up late. Uh, Mini stressors are basically things that you come in contact with every single day. So the things that you don't deal with because you think that they're small. So like mess or like environmental things in your home or like we talking habits or are we talking, what is it? What could, what kind of categories? Yeah. So like, okay. So example for this one, uh, say someone says that they want to work out, you know, they want to go to the gym. I'll use that because I get that a lot from people, especially women. They're like, I want to lose weight and stuff. So you want to go to the gym, but say your bedtime routine is horrible Mm. you know like oh you put your kids to bed uh or i I, so i had someone one time they put the kids to bed after they put the kids to bed they could decide to go and have some ice cream yeah or watch netflix 
Yeah, and then they're like, oh, I de they said I dis de-stress and I'll, I'll eat. And I'm like, oh, emotional eating, like going in there, you're eating ice cream, which is getting, you know, sugar high and you're not going to bed on time. So now you're waking up super late. You didn't go to bed. You went to bed super late. You're waking up late. You had a restless sleep, you know, because you had that sugar high going on with you. And now you have no energy because you didn't deal with that, you know, during the day. So then I would take it back and be like, okay, you know what? We need to deal with maybe the stressors in your nighttime routine. So instead of. Right. So they don't emotion, see it. They see, I, I don't know why I don't go to the gym. And you see, well, because your bedtime routine is shit. Mm hmm. And so that's a mini stressor is the, the nighttime issues, the nighttime luck. Yeah. Her nighttime issue was horrible. And so basically. what would present so, as someone's major stressor? What did you call those? M massive. What did you call them? Major stressor is usually something a lot bigger in your life that you like a like husband. That's the problem or major financial issues or something that we blame. Yeah. That's like mm -hmm. a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Major stressors are always something that is in your face. And you immediately can identify it. Okay. Because I watch a lot of women doing that, right? Like it's my husband or it's my job and I've done both those things. And so is your perspective and what you see with your clients a lot of the time, maybe that's not so much the issue to address. Maybe if you address these habitual mini stressors, your relationship would be better and you'd function more in your job. Mm -hmm, exactly. Oh, shit. But isn't it funny though, because so often it's so natural to just like go and project all over these big, like it's, it's so habitual to be stuck in victim for so many people and to be blaming things like the man in their life or their employer or whatever. Right. So then you help people go, let's just pause on that for a sec and come over here and deal with these lifestyle habit things. And you might find that that problem sort of dissipates or disappears. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah, I love this. Exactly that. Because a lot of people just don't. Uh, the problem is a lot of people don't want to look at yourself. No one likes to look at yourself. You know, well, or I, you do, find, right? Like I'm in the personal development world. So I know all these people that are in personal development or coaching, whatever, but I'm still like, bish, we all still have problems. Like, let's not pretend <laughs> yeah. that we're not human. Like we're all like, someone was critiquing one of my previous mentors quite a lot the other day. And I'm like, they're still human too. Like you and I, like we're all here just doing humaning. And like, we continually figure out new levels of things we get to explore and grow and evolve. But like, even mm -hmm. if you're looking at yourself you can't see yourself as well it's like the mirror is too close so that you can't see the shit on your back or something you know like oh yeah I will it's like people don't understand even us professionals you know we have bad days too where we don't want to do things or my routine gets thrown off and I'm not perfect yeah but the thing is, is we have the tools to know, okay, get back up on my feet. And get back on out, track. Yeah. Not you know? just sit there shaming yourself or in a, in a loop or a spiral downward. Oh yeah. I would tell people have grace. It's either, yeah. either people shame themselves and they need to learn to have grace and it's okay to have those days. We're human. It's fine. You get exhausted. And it's also rest, part of the okay? fun, right? Like it's also part of the fun to just be like, tonight I did oh, yeah. eat ice cream. And is that my every night habit? No. Like, oh, <laughs> and then there are like some people out there who are like, Oh, I'm perfect the way I am. And I would tell people, I was like, I hate that phrase. And I was like, nobody is perfect the way you are. Here's why I say this. When you think you are perfect, you stop trying to better yourself. Mm. And you can better yourself in all kinds of different ways. You stay stagnant. 
And what good does that do you? Yeah. You'll stay stagnant and never. And then there's like the pull, like the paradox of that is the opposing side, which is just like people who are like, I'm never good enough. So it's like, there's this dance of like admitting both, like you're imperfect, but you're also enough. Like I was doing a a meditation the other day for a group and it was like the, the mantra I presented was like, everything is perfect just as it is as like, just ponder that the reality or the unreality of that. Like, can you just allow it to be imperfect and that's perfect or like rather than be in an illusion of needing it to be perfect? like this human mind flow of figuring out where you want to address your attention and what what's worth you giving energy and time to is like, yeah, it's such a, you can think you're perfect or you can think you're not good enough or you can just do this messy place in between. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I want I mean, to hear more. Human. We kind of need both. Yeah. That's fun too, right? Like this whole human experience is messy. I oh, want to hear. I literally plan my day. Of the, I actually have one day a week where I have, I plan one day out of a week where I am a couch potato, I will Netflix and chill, I'll do my nails, I'll I'll craft, and it's just a day to be a couch potato, because Mm. guess what? Sometimes you need it. I want to hear more about the habits because it's so cool because when we decided to do this podcast, I, I just got really curious this last week because I was like seeing this for myself, right? Where I was like, I'm creating these problems for myself, but I think they're these big existential things that actually don't need to be addressed. I think they're they're going to they continue to come into place. And I was just like look, calling myself out on real habitual things because being a business owner is so different. You don't have anyone telling you what to do. You don't have a program schedule. So it was me getting really honest with myself and being like... Why am I feeling stressed? Like, what are the financial things I need to address? What are the business issues I need to address? But let's like micro scale that. And I was like, what's my weekly schedule? It's variable. Okay, well, it's variable. And yet I can put some structure in that because I'm on call for some of my jobs and my clients book in at different times. I'm like, okay, so start looking at your habits. What time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? What days are you doing fitness? Is that planned in? Like you can have this beautiful intention of like, I'm going to run three to five times a week. But if you haven't mapped it out where and when, it's less likely to happen. So is that a lot of what you do is getting people to like make it really visual for themselves and like plan with intent where things are going to go and when they're going to happen? Definitely. So um, I actually have a uh, goal creation workshop um, that I had put together and I have a workbook and then I have like a pro version where you get accountability with it as well. And what I do is I actually in that little workbook, I teach people how to create goals a lot of people don't know how to create goals and that's what was the goal summit that we did mm. where they don't know how to create them or they think like oh the smart goal everyone knows what the smart goal is you hear about it all the time well the smart goal isn't even good enough in at least in my health coaching yeah, world i agree so yeah so I or there's people, something like missing behind it like we talked about in the p- portion that we did together i'm like you actually have to want it you actually have to feel it you actually have to see it it can't just be like rigid yeah Mm-hmm. So like in health coaching, like we'll go from like, okay, what, what are you trying to do? And then they'll say like, well, I want to lose, do, do a weight. And then I say, why, mm-hmm. you know, why do you want to lose weight? And they're like, oh, cause I want to fit in this dress. Or I want to look good for this wedding. I'm like, that's not good enough. That's short term. Once you have that wedding, once you look good in that dress, you're just going to go back to your old habits. Cause you, mm-hmm. you reached your thing. What is going to get you long term? Is it, I'll be here for my grandkids. I can actually move without pain. You know, my knees won't hurt when I'm running That reminds me of the quit smoking campaigns they've been running in Australia for the last few years. You can see they did like more psychological research and started to see that what they were like fear mongering wasn't efficient for people. It wasn't effective enough. And so what they've switched, swapped to is like people walking and stuff. And it's like, I want to be here for my grandkids. 
I'm smoke free because I want to be here for my grandkids. Like it's this long-term vision. It's really like something that people desire rather than something they're trying to avoid. And it is, it's bigger and it's longer term. And it's interesting to watch because I'm be curious to see if that ends up being more effective in Australia or working with those other strategies. But I remember seeing that and being like, wow, that's so different to any other behavioral modification strategy I've seen the government release. And I was really curious to see about how that's working with human behavior and what we know about that. So I love that you're saying you see that with your clients too, is a bigger why, we want to look a into, longer term why. Yeah, because you you want to see what your life is going to be like. Like, uh, you know, we're humans are living longer than we have, but the life quality is sucks. <laughs> your quality of life is lower than you know. People are rating it really low, and it's why it's because you're you're dealing with all these chronic diseases. By the time you hit forty, most of us are on at least one medication for a chronic disease, and a chronic disease Yikes. is something that we. Can control is that an american you statistic know? or what's that based on yeah mm. yeah it is an american statistic. About, about, about the time you hit 40 you're at least on one type of medication for some kind of chronic disease yeah. out here and, or more and so like for me and my family so my mom um she her family's always been into like western medication you know like oh you go to the doctor for whatever my dad's side of the family they're hawaiian chinese so they kind of keeps a lot of that asian tradition where it's all holistic um you know chinese medicine man or whatever else and my mom's side of the family i've seen uh, you know a lot of them are super overweight they're on all these medications my mom is on a bunch of medications she can barely walk she's mm. always in pain sometimes she can't get out of bed you know she's going in for um a steroid shot in her spine you know to be able to move but now that's wearing off you know because she's been getting it for so long and can't move and she's you know 60 something and my dad's side of the family these people there's only one medication i've ever known them to be on later on and that's high blood pressure mm. medication and i say it because they all have really bad tempers <laughs> just put out that asian family bad tempers <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and uh so that's all they do but these like what was it my grandma's gonna be 90 my aunt, her sister, passed away, uh, what, just last year? She was 93. My great-grandma, I got to know, she was 98. Wow. And none of these people were in a home. They were not in a hospital. They lived on their own for years. My great-grandma, she fell and then was in a wheelchair. And that was a year before she had passed away. But up until then, she was living on her own, doing her own thing. Uh, my grandma and my aunt that had passed away, and then my other aunt, during COVID, they were hilarious. They were like, where are you going? My my cousins, they're like, we're going to the casino. And they had the little masks, you know, yeah. to the casino. But these little old ladies are going off and they're traveling. My grandma still goes to Hawaii and visits wow. the family out in Hawaii. I, and travels I reckon it's more the dancing. I think that's what, it's the happiness and the dancing. <laughs> they're very, they're very active. Well, my aunt and my grandma, I mean, they, they don't dance anymore. But I've seen them living their lifestyles more active and mm. not trying to take all these medications and try and do things naturally like they'll do their lemon water and all this other stuff and nothing you know western medication no have. oh there's so much value in that in the in having the, oh, yeah. the the services that we have now but yeah i do see people like just sort of take Especially it for granted emergencies yeah and then suddenly you're on one medication and then that one has side effects so you take another medication and another like i was on a steroid for a few i can't remember six months or something because i had an autoimmune disease and it was because i wasn't dealing with any of the other health issues i wasn't dealing with emotional issues i wasn't making lifestyle changes to allow me to like my whole body was in fight or flight mode all the time.
time. And so once I dealt with the lifestyle changes, this, my body healed and I no longer needed the steroid and it's been years without it. And it's just wild to watch. So many people are just like, Oh, I'll just treat the symptom. And then I need the symptom from that side effects of that. I need to be treated and that it's like, dude, how are we not looking for the cause and looking to unravel how have all these symptoms come to be rather than just, you know, suppressing a symptom with a medication it's a wild so the longer you're on a medication the more likely that you're going to have a side effect and i mean look at my mom she takes she has like a pharmacy yeah you watch people cabinet, shooting it you know? back like their whole cat full of drugs and you're like is that working like you you're clearly in so much pain it's so wild yeah, to me like she's she is. She's miserable. Yeah. And so it's like, for me, like, I see both sides. And I'm like, I don't want to live like that when I'm mm-hmm. older. I want to be like my grandma and my aunt and still traveling and living in the world instead of stuck in a bed in pain. I had a, a girl that I used to work with uh, when I was going to school for this. And um, I was telling her about my dietary habits. And she was like, oh, who cares? You know, we're all going to die one day anyways. And I looked at her and I go, she was like in her late 20s. And I was like, you're right. Everyone's going to die every day. But another fact, we're all getting older. I go, so how do you want to live your life when you're older? Do you want to be stuck on a bench of medication and in pain with potentially cause you to have a stroke and stuck in a wheelchair not being able to go anywhere? Or would you like to be able to still be moving around and enjoy your retirement? And Yeah, it's not about avoiding death. It's about improving the quality of life, right? Like, don't you want to live while you're alive? Exactly. So that's such a twenties thing to say, right? It's the whole like YOLO. <laughs> oh, you're gonna live forever. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, if you want to do the live fast, die young thing, I guess that's your choice too. Like, yeah, that's true too. But Oof. yeah, so it's like you know, we look at those those things, those whys with people. Give them a better why. Yeah. So that way, it'll last longer. And then, would you take a smart goal? So. Say, say someone wants to lose weight, you know, because they want to be able to move around pain-free. I'm like, okay, well, how do you want to go about that? Well, uh, say they want to start running. Well, they'll be like, have you ever been a runner? No. Okay, well, what are the things you need to do to get to that point? Let's 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 break it down. Because if you start going to running, you're going to hate it. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and uh, I used to hate running. I used to not be able to run a mile. And then I started running 10Ks, Yeah. you know. So, but you have to get there. Now, so for a smart goal, someone may say, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in six months by running three times or by running like three miles or whatever, three times a week. That Technically, that's a smart goal. It's specific. It's measurable. You know, is it achievable? achievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, like all that stuff. But the health coaching process, what we do is we'll take that smart goal. And then that's where I said before, like, I'll break it down. Tell me your routine. Mm. what does your daily routine look like when would you want to run how many days would you run so a smart goal like i said was that uh you know i will lose 20 pounds by in six months by running three miles three times a week a health coaching goal looks more like i'm going to lose 20 pounds in six months by running three times a week monday wednesday and friday at noon and then that's where uh, and we make it. Because I want to be moving freely. It's like the why is there too, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, yeah, do, those in there too. do you do like mindset stuff to have them like focus on that? Why? Like what about the day where they're like, oh, I just can't, I don't want to run. Like do you do stuff to help them commit to the habit or is it just about, okay, it's in there and then it happens. Like when people are doing this whole, like, oh, well I'm lazy or I self-sabotage or whatever. Even if you map all that out for people, is that enough? Do you see people taking action or is there other stuff you have to do to get them to that point or to get them to actually execute the plan that you've made with them? So I actually have an app. Uh, I I make um, specific programs for each person. They're personalized programs. No program is the same when I work with them like that. And I can track them 24-7. They have access to me 24-7 via this app. And I can see when they're marking stuff off. I can see the apps that are connected to it. And so I have chimed in on them where I'm like, hey, you didn't do this. Or did you do this and you did you not mark it? You know, we'll talk. But in health coaching, I still meet with people. I either meet with them weekly or bi-weekly. It's up to them what they want to do. And then we'll sit down and be like, I'll look at their reports. We'll talk about their week and how it went. Sometimes it turns into, okay, how come that didn't happen? What happened that day? And then they'll tell me, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then I'll be like, okay, well, what would that day have looked like if it ran the way you wanted it? And then they'll tell me what they're what that would look like and then be like okay what do you see that you need that maybe you can implement next time you have a day Mm. like that again what can you implement and change just in case to stay on that track right and then this is like realize what they can change making me super curious because i hear a lot of things that like oh well i just I, I just didn't want to do it. You know, I can, I can see my habits and like my excuses from the past or like clients around some of the stuff I do where it's like, Oh, I just like, they, is it hard to get people to see what prevented them from taking the action or executing? Or are they generally, if you ask the right questions, able to discover it? Like I can see times where people are just like, I just didn't want to, or I felt so depressed or, you know, especially when people dealing with some of the emotional heaviness as well. Do you feel like people have to have cleared some of that out or does that come into play or is it always habits? Uh, With health coaching, it's usually always habits. If they have certain emotional issues, sometimes I will go into it a little bit or if it's mindset. Um, That's why I said like sometimes if the day was a certain way, we can fix it. Or sometimes, like you said, if someone says they didn't want to do it, I have gotten that before and I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, is this something you really want then? Mm. Like, let's really talk about that. Is this something you really, really want? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to play like real devil's advocate client to like, well, yeah, but it's hard. Like what? It's just so hard to get up and and go for the run. Like it's just exhausting. Okay. Then I would tell you, I would ask you, okay, well, can you please tell me what your life is going to look like if you don't implement this habit? Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's looking at what they're trying to avoid and what they're trying to create again. And that's enough to get them back on track. Yeah. So that's a lot of what I do with clients too, is like really getting a potent motivating what, what could happen if you don't, what will happen if you do like, like it's, Mm -hmm. we're animals. We need to like recognize that sometime. It's, it's the foundation. Having someone there to like really determine if it's really something you want. If it's something you don't want, that's perfectly fine. If you don't want it, you just have to admit it to yourself, you know, like it Well, even in health coaching, I have actually been taught, to identify when people really don't want to change. And I, I, I actually turn people down. Yeah, right. And I'm like, no, you don't, I won't work with you. Do and they're like, why? And I'm like, because you don't want it. You know you need to change, but you don't want to change. All the praise for the things that you have accomplished in your life. Whoa. You're not looking at yourself that you're the one who accomplished all these things in your life. And I go, so you won't give it up. You don't really want to change. Wow. So I wouldn't work with you. 
You love that recognition because a lot of what I do is helping people see that the power is within them, right? Like they can stop blaming their external circumstances, like things, yes, happened. They occurred then and yet they're in the position where it's their responsibility to deal with it now. Like how do they want to change their circumstance now? And it does seem like a lot of people are just so much more comfortable staying the same, you know, staying addicted to whatever their coping mechanism or vice is. So I think it sounds like a lot of what I do is helping people express their emotions and and acknowledge the beliefs that they have and start to recognize that that power is in them, right? Stop externalizing the power and stop externalizing the problem and the blame. So that's interesting. So for you, it's like people already have to be in that position where they see that it's their responsibility and then you work with them from there. Mm -hmm. So with him, like say he was like, oh, you know, I want to know why, why do I give this inanimate object or whatever, then I would refer him to somebody like you, someone who works in the emotional, mm. more of the background, or a therapist if, if I felt like he needed one or something like that. And I would refer them to them. Once they get past that, that emotional blockage, that's where I come in. That's so- I'm more of the the action person. Yeah, I love that. That's probably why I'm so drawn to what you're doing right now because I'm definitely starting to take action in areas that I never used to. I think I was so stuck in a past trauma story for so long that now I'm like clear of so many things and recognizing it's so much of the healing for me now is just in the doing. Like keep creating what I want, keep building, keep growing, keep taking, you know, building new habits and being a new way. Why do you think people come to the belief that they're not able to create what they want? Like a lot of people do just live in like reactive chaos. What, how do you think, how do you undo that? What's the quickest way to undo that for people? Mm, The quickest way, I I would think the quickest way is that, at least I could say from my personal growing up, is realizing you're in control. You are in control of most things in your life. There are some things, yes, that are out of control. But majority of the time you're in control. You can change your environment. You can change the people you interact with. You know, you can even create boundaries with people in life. Like, like, like my mom. I have boundaries with my mom now where I'm like, hey, now I'll call her out, but I do it in a respectful manner because she is my mother. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, no, I'm not going to tell you the stuff anymore because I know what you're going to do with it. Like, we're just not going to go there, <laughs> you know? And sometimes it's scary because the world is constantly moving. The world is constantly going. Everyone's go, 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 like you say. And so it's almost like a moment where you're, you see all this chaos of stuff running around you and you just stop, plant your feet, which is hard to do because if you can imagine all that chaos and things moving around you, it's almost like a tornado of wind and noise and everything. And you stop and you have to learn to like bear yourself down into the ground. And it's almost like gaining that confidence and that strength in yourself where like, I got this, like I can stand here, I can do this. I can break away from the wind and the noise and create what I want in my life. It's just, you have to have the courage to do it. And a lot of people nowadays, I hate to say it, but there's like this victim mentality yes. thing going on. I think, and that's and where like, like what I do comes in just before what you do a lot of the time. Cause I'm helping people see that like, yes, everything that happened in their past occurred and we can't undo that. We get to take the mindset of how, what do I do with it now? What do I want to create now? Am I willing to express and experience what I 
needed to from the past to recognize I'm only here now and I can either keep repeating that shit or create something new, but it's up to me and taking radical personal responsibility. And it's like, once you have that, that way, then yeah, then you go and go, okay, what's not working? Where can I move things? Like, I love that picture you created of like really just planting your feet firmly in the midst of the chaos and like taking a, taking stock and taking perspective. And I can see there'd be so much value in someone calling you and being like, okay, I'm in the tornado. Can I just like bring all the things that are in my tornado? tornado and you can help me like grab them down and like you can anchor me for a moment so I can see how I can place them all in my life in a way that makes sense what I can get rid of and what I want to add in and like yeah I just I really keep seeing you as like a daddy sitting down with people and being like all right here's your day here's your week here's your month like let's just be like let's stand firm and what do you want and how are you going to get it let's be specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly well it's like you know yeah like you said choices all the time and like how mindset does come in here it's like for me I was like I could have let what my mom did and my sisters and the stuff that she said I could take all that and play the victim and then what I'd have a horrible relationship with my mother and I would have all these body issues with myself and you know or no I still have a relationship with my mom I can call her I can talk to her from time to time and that's perfectly fine I just know where to stand and I have no problem with myself and like I have people tell me oh you're the most confident person I've ever met and I was like no I was like I'm actually not like oh confidence isn't about not having insecurities it's just not for me it's just not focusing on them Mm -hmm. like is my stomach an insecurity yeah okay like I wish I had those six-pack abs I know what it takes to get those six-pack abs (laughs) it's the courage of wanting to do it but I don't focus on stuff like that you know I was like example I go I love my hair I was like I know I have pretty hair so I'll focus on like making sure my hair is done very nice or dressing nice and feeling comfortable I don't focus on those insecurities I focus on fixing them I guess more or less yeah and for me it comes down to two like is like for you, you don't have a six pack. Like you said, you know what it would do to get there. But for me, it also comes to the values assessment of like, how important is that to me? Okay. It would take this, 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 and this. It's actually not a top value for me. What's more important to me is this or this or this. And being really honest, like I feel like society taught me to want a six pack for so long. And I used to have like quite a firm flat stomach and now I'm a little bit curvier and I fucking love it. Like I'm actually like, I actually don't want that. I want to be healthy and firm and I want to be able to run and move and be, you know, have flexible joints and I will have longevity and vitality. And so I'm by no means making excuses for complacency or laziness when it comes to health and wellness, but the aesthetic of a certain thing like that, I think a lot of times I used to set goals around shit that others told me I wanted. And I'm like, I don't actually want that. No wonder I kept bailing on that. So I love that piece you brought to a few times too, of like, do you want it? And that's exactly what, like, like I said, like what a health coach does. I look into what do you really want? What do you really vision for your life? If you want that six pack, cool. Like if that's going to make you not because society tells you, do you want it? Because like, uh, I would say like for me, okay. I'd say I wanted a six pack, you know, whatever I, it would be because I know I have the dedication and determination to do it. It'd be more like to just, yeah, prove your commitment to yourself or prove your. Yeah. Yeah. And then knowing I, I always have the ability to do it. I've done it before. I could do it again. It's no problem. That was like when I ran the half marathon a couple of times, it was like not about that. It was about a picture of building the mental um, resilience and knowing that I was someone, if I said I would do something, I would do it. And like doing something hard that took commitment. And it was like getting myself out of victim mode. A lot of that occurred 
through physical endeavors and like setting a goal and being like, okay, it's going to, it's going to suck. And I'm going to do a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And then I'm going to learn to love it. And then on it, it's going to be this amazing, like you're saying, confidence too is focus. It's also to me, your confidence is going to grow when your competence grows. So the more you get skilled in what you want to be confident in, the more confident you're going to be. So like, I think if you're trying to be confident in an area that you're completely uneducated in or uh, um, incapable in, like that's just narcissistic behavior. You don't want to be confident at something you're actually awful at. Like you want to use the confidence and competence dance to continue to to grow and develop. And yeah. I mean, my goal as a health coach is always to, I don't want you with me forever. Yeah. I want you to grow the confidence and the ability in yourself. I want to teach you the tools that I know that now you know, hey, I have control of my life. I can do this now if I need to and set uh-huh. you off and set you free. You know, I like to keep relationships with my clients. Like even after they do leave, I'll still reach out. And yeah. Like, How are you doing? How are things going? But that is the point is that I want to give you back essentially your freedom and yourself yes. to do these. You're things. so apparent. You're just teaching us stuff that we need. Don't learn at school. And a lot of parents don't know. So they can't teach us. You're just like time management, skills, goal setting. Here we go. I love that. So before we go, are there any little tips or tricks around habits that you could advise us? I would always say to do kind of like a, a, a review. And you could do a weekly review. You could do a monthly review of your life. And literally sit down with like a planner or pad or whatever and start writing out the things in your life that you need to get done, that you want to get done, and see where they fit. And do that review, like I said, either weekly or monthly, it's up to you, because our lives change all the time. Sometimes, you know, we're in a season of our life where maybe we don't need that. That's not as important. We can remove it and then try something else and put something else in there. And that's perfectly okay, because we change all the time. We change as individuals. Our personalities change all the time. And like I said, our lives change all the time. So that's always a tool I like to do with people is sit down, review, and kind of restructure your routine, your schedule. So that way you you may not be able to fit a certain thing in your life that day, but you can fit what's important and what makes you happy. And that way you can keep the momentum going, at least in, like I said, your confidence in yourself and uh, keeping the life that you want and that is needed in that moment for yourself. I love that. The reminder to just like take stock, right? Plant your feet, like you said, in the tornado and just sort of observe like, what do I want now? And I think too, I watch people be scared. I don't know what I want was what I used to say all the time. Like, I don't even know what I want. Um, And it was like, so just choose and then change your mind and then choose again and then change your mind. Like you can change your mind as many times as you want. Like Shania Twain had it right. Like you got a prerogative to have a little bit of fun and a woman can change her mind, you know, like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean me and my husband we literally we call it a coffee date um and like once a week we will actually go out to a coffee shop yeah. instead of having coffee at home and order our coffees and and like I we will literally sit down and say like hey what do what do we want our morning routine to look like or what do we want our routine to look like for the next month and sometimes we'll even add like hey I need more of this from you mm. or I need less of this from you <laughs> you know like I don't need to do that or like you know, uh, like I was giving the example of like, I usually worked out in the morning because I like getting all my stuff done in the morning. And then that way I had time for client calls from like noon to eight, you know, but all of my stuff was done in the morning, cleaning, cooking, working out, all that. Well, now my husband wants to work out with me. And so we changed it to where now I work out at night. 
So we'll go out at night. We'll go work out. I actually get better sleep working out at night. Mm. And now he gets his workout in. But we switch it up now in the morning. So I was like, okay, if that's the case, then I need time in the morning to do my work. And he knows. So, like, I set my time to work from, like, what, 8 to 10. He'll get up at 9.30 and make the coffee for the both of us. The moment he puts the coffee down on my table, I know to shut my laptop. My work time is done. And we'll move on with the rest of our routine. And we will literally check back in with each other weekly and say, hey, is that working? Is that not working? Will we change? I think it's so know. many things can be so practical. So I love that insight around like so much of it's just habits and taking stock and reflecting on what habit you want. Where are you going to do something? What's important to you? Like just build new habits. Like I love that from the beginning where you're talking about that mega problem. That's just probably not really the problem. Just switch some habits around and that might disappear. I'm very encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if things don't work out and you need to throw them out. Well, thank you so much for sharing your advice and sharing what you do and sharing that honesty around like just being through some shit yourself. Well, thank you for doing what you do and thank you for being on the podcast and thanks for sharing what you're up to and how you're making a difference in the world. What are all the ways people can find you and and look if they want to work with you? Oh yeah, so you can um, look at my website if you want. It's uh, befitsavvy.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook pages, which is essentially naturally fit. You can find me there too. Or just type in the name Savannah Orta. You'll probably find me that way as well. Cool. And it sounds like you might be doing some more summits in the future and different collaborative things. So they'll probably see a lot of what you're up to there. No, definitely. I have three more planned this year. So Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode. If it resonated with you, like it, share it with a friend or share it on your socials. And you can find me on my socials at Veronica Jane underscore on Instagram or at Veronica Jane on Facebook. I look forward to connecting with you further.